Okay, so today, March 22nd, 2020, human beings all over the world wake up <clears throat> to the same predicament. Regardless of nationality, beliefs, skin color, or any other difference, we're all equally <clears throat> susceptible and we're all in it together. And we have no choice but to face it together. There's one people living on the same planet. And this could be the most significant opportunity of our lifetime to clearly see that despite our many differences, we are much more the same than we can imagine. And if we seize the moment and choose to learn from this predicament, humanity as a whole can greatly benefit. Now, most people may not choose to see the current challenges as an opportunity, but as practitioners, this is what we practice. This is our moment to rise to the occasion and mobilize our practice in real time. This will pass. There's no question about that. But the question is, since we are already in it, what will we do with this opportunity? The most important question is, now what? How do we meet this? Now, recently, a few of our members mentioned the Sutra of the Two Arrows, which I talked about some years ago. And I wanted to bring it up again for two reasons. First, it's very fitting to the moment, situation. And also, many of our members have not been exposed to it. And it's called the Salata Sutra. So the Buddha said, the ordinary person feels pleasant feelings, unpleasant feelings, and vague feelings. Likewise, the insightful person feels the same kinds of feelings. An ordinary is a person who is not practicing, and an insightful person is a person who is practicing. And then he asked, so what is the distinction? What is the difference between the two? The ordinary person touched by pain is upset and miserable. They are aggrieved and confused. They have two experiences, the physical, kaika, and the one emotional or mental, setasika, in Pali. It is like someone being pierced by an arrow and then immediately pierced by a second arrow and feeling the pain of both. When they experience pain, they immediately feel aversion because they have an underlying disposition to aversion in relation to pain. Coming into contact with painful sensation, they seek out pleasure because they don't know any other response to pain. They don't understand the reality of the origin and passing away. The sweetness and the bitterness 
the outcome of those experiences because of a disposition to ignorance. Feeling a pleasurable or a painful sensation, they are caught up by it, in it. Or if there is vagueness about sensations, they are caught up in that. The ordinary person is caught up in birth, old age, death, grief, crying, misery, despondency, and trouble. By contrast, the insightful person or the practitioner, touched by pain, is not upset and miserable. They are not aggrieved and confused. They feel only one sensation, the physical, not the mental and emotional. They are not pierced by the second arrow, and so feel only one feeling. Coming into contact with painful sensations, there, are, there is no aversion, because they do not have an underlying tendency to aversion in relation to pain. They do not seek out pleasure, because they know another response to pain. Not having a predisposition to ignorance, they understand the reality of the origin and passing away. The sweetness and the bitterness, the outcome of those experiences. When they have a pleasurable or a painful sensation, they are detached from it. When there is vagueness, they are not caught up in it. So the insightful person is not caught up in birth, old age, death, grief, crying, misery, despondency, and trouble. This is the distinction. This is the difference between the ordinary person and the insightful person, the practitioner and the non-practitioner. So that's the Sutra. And in this sutra, the Buddha posed the questions, a question to the monks and ended up answering himself. So a person who does not practice the way goes through life experiences the same way, through all life experiences. A person who practices the way also goes through similar experiences. So what is the difference between a practitioner and a non-practitioner in relation to passing experiences? Now it's important to note that if, if you said that there is a difference between the two, then that would go against the teachings of non-duality. And one may be perceived as better than the other. If you said that there is no difference, then Buddhist tradition is worthless. So what is it that can be the same and different? Or in, or in other words, can the difference between the two be understood without creating separation, without having to jump from one to another? And the issue is that after practicing for some time, we can have a sense of superiority in relation to others who may not be practicing and may be perceived as blind. Or not understanding. So we have to be aware of that. So to tie this sutra with the current situation, the pandemic spread of the coronavirus is 
the first error. Everybody experiences that. Everybody is pierced by that. All of humanity. And the second error is referring to the way we respond, the ways we respond to the pain caused by the first error. And this is more about the emotional and psychological responses rather than the actionable ones. And in fact, by not examining and regulating our responses, our actionable responses will be senseless, like buying lots of toilet paper. So this second error, in this case, comes in waves and has many facets. But the common thread, common thread is fear of the unknown. We or our loved ones can become very ill, can die as a result of this. We can lose money, assets, security. We experience anxiety, sadness, watching the news, seeing the growing numbers of infections and deaths. And we feel helpless as there is very little we can do in terms of action right now. So how do we respond as practitioners? How do we merge our practice with facing and working with the current circumstances? How can we seize the moment? How can we see this as an opportunity to awaken, to deepen, rather than a hardship we have to endure? Do we feel victimized by the situation? So before we open it up to uh, Emondo, <clears throat> I'd like to <clears throat> bring up the three perspectives which we use for Jukai practice or Jukai study. And those of you who have taken Jukai um, have heard about that. Of course, it's not limited only to processing Jukai or practicing Jukai. So the three perspectives are the literal, the relational, and the intrinsic. And the literal or fundamental perspective means black and white, do and do not. So in relation, for example, to, to not killing, it will be do not kill, period. The second one, the relational perspective or the compassionate perspective is actually the gray area which is where our lives happen. And in this perspective, we look at time, situation, amount, circumstances, and we respond to situation based on what's going on. So it moves away from the black and white into the gray area. And the intrinsic perspective means nothing is born, nothing dies. It means nothing matters. And what's important when we look at, at those three perspectives is to not hold on to any one of those perspectives without seeing the other two already embedded within. If we hold on to, for example, the intrinsic perspective that nothing matters, we can become very callous. 
if you hold on to the first perspective, we can be really distraught by the situation, unable to respond. So using the first perspective and the third perspective, functioning within the second perspective. That's how we want to see that. So what do we do? How do we respond to the situation? What do we feel? What about the anxiety, the natural anxiety? As practitioners, what does it mean to not be pierced by the second arrow? Does it mean we don't feel anxiety? Does it mean we are okay with, automatically okay with uncertainty, with the unknown? How do we work with that? How do we process that? So, I'll turn it over to you. And if you want to speak, uh, let's. we are still experimenting with this, so we'll see how it goes. But if you want to talk, start speaking. Let's see how it goes. Yes, hi. Please, um, please uh, say your name because we may not see who it is. Sure, it's Erica. Erica, good morning. Um, yes, I feel like I've experienced a lot so far how much being a practitioner has helped me remain uh, not pierced by that second arrow, not panicking, but instead just simply turning towards the work that needs to be done to adjust. As a um, professor and college administrator, I'm dealing very much with the shift to online learning and preparing all of my faculty and answering all of the student questions and making a lot of decisions. And um, the, the panic that everyone else seems to be experiencing, I just feel like the, um, yeah, the calmness of the practice, the, the, uh, Working with not knowing and being okay with not knowing is very, very uh, useful at this time. So, yeah, I don't know if I have a question, but I just wanted to share that I definitely have been experiencing that when everyone else is panicking. I'm like, why are you panicking? <laughs> okay, that's my question. That's one of the questions. Okay, so what we, what we, are talking about is not creating duality, right? So if, if we are examining this, for example, from the third perspective, right, that everything is constantly moving and changing and there is no, there's nothing upon which to rely, right? And uh, there is no, nothing, is, nothing exists separately from anything else. Nothing is born, nothing dies then we can become very callous, not understanding why people are panicking. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous yeah. because we create another duality, right? And so the question is, how can we do both at the same time? How can we, how can we include, how can our actions or our responses include those who are panicking? Because there's a lot of that right now. Anyone? Um, hello? Yeah. This is Mioho. Mioho, good morning. Uh, hang on one second, Mio. 
can can you can anybody see me is the screen working because i cannot see we cannot see on our end yeah i don't know what happened to that can you see me now no daikyo can you hear daikyo we're stuck seeing our own face <laughs> um just to set up that they need to do so i mean miyoho um, already did so now i can see her Okay, so what do we do? What do we need to do in order to see? Because what I see right now is the screen frozen on my picture. Uh, it's frozen on your picture. It, I mean, I can see you well. You're moving in my. Oh, there, ah, okay. there we go. Okay, I figured it out. Sorry. Okay, okay. go ahead, Mio. Yo, you, she may be muted. Sorry. Can there you hear you. me now? Yes. I see you too. I myself. Hear you and see you. Okay. I feel like I, it's something that it's been um, very common lately that we are, some of us are, or falling to uh, times of pointing at each other, like, why people are not staying inside, why they're doing this, why they're buying toilet paper, all those things going on. And I I decided to look at this as an awakening opportunity because I always picture like being awakened as the Buddha's gonna come down and I'll see lights and everything is gonna be great. And Today, I decided to be like, okay, this is it. This is awakening. This is what's going on. This is the reality. Do I want to see it? Do I want to embody it? Do I want to embrace it? Or I want to just walk away. But within that, I feel like part of that awakening is the Buddha looking at us and, and see that we are trying. We're trying our best based on our understanding, based on 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 our situations, not everybody, even though we're all in the same thing and going through the same thing, not everybody's going through the same thing. I am in my house with my husband, I have food. Uh, we still somehow have some sort of income. Um, there's people that are uh, experiencing abuse. There's people that are um, have no job whatsoever and, and no savings to buy food. There's a lot going on and there's people that are actually ill that have not only the coronavirus, but other illnesses that they're dealing with on top of all this. So I feel that has been a great uh, help for me not to separate myself from it and connect, it, connect myself more to it, even though it's hard for me to put myself in someone else's shoes in terms of someone that is sick if I'm not feeling sick, right? But mm -hmm. I really, I am taking it as, yes, I, I need to stay calm, but sometimes I do feel like anxiety at times. Mm -hmm. During the same day, I, I go through my roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I don't have to leave my house, so I'm, I have time <laughs> to observe and look at it and, and do not act upon any, anything, but I feel like the moments that I'm feeling those things, I, I try to, I'm experimenting with myself, but then yesterday actually was the day that I, I can say, I felt like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm creating a, a schedule for myself and I'm kind of 
understanding or, or getting into what's going on, kind of like settling down a little bit of all these things happening at once. But I decided to to start doing yoga videos and stuff because I, I felt like, you know, I mean, it's it's just that. It's that connection. How can I connect with others mm -hmm. without knowing if they buy all the toilet paper? It is. It could be look at black and white. It is terrible and it's sad and they shouldn't do that. Yet, I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know how people act upon panic and anxiety. And can it's I obviously not coming from the place. Amy, Amy isn't muted and it's it's starting to disturb the audio from Miojo. So I need, I need uh, Jifu to uh, mute herself. So everybody else, uh, if you're not muted, please mute yourself while uh, there's a person speaking. Everybody else should be muted. I think Daikyo can do that on his end. Yeah. To mute everybody. Go ahead, Mio. It's just I just wanted to say that uh, I, it's been great to to be able to be the observer for once because I'm home and I have nothing else to do. But I I've been connected a lot to that. Like I hear my friends and I have conversations of that. Like oh, how people can do this, how people can do that. Well, they how people don't understand how serious this is. Well, they may not want to accept it the same way. I don't want to accept reality the same way I don't want to be here now and I get caught up in my daily life on another situation. It's the same. We are the same. It's just so that's when I feel like I'm I'm trying to give myself that chance of of really connecting with with everybody and and it's okay if you bought the whole toilet paper in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. It's even though it's black and white, it's not okay that you go out there and put people at risk. And it's not okay that you don't care in terms of, I guess, what's going on and, and you know, think that, oh, it's not happening to me, so I'm going to go to spring break and, and just spread it. it. I know it's not okay in the black and white aspect, but it is okay in the compassionate way, like, hey, it's your way to cope. It's your own way to to be afraid and not want to accept maybe something. And it is also could be your understanding. You know, I'm not taking away so many times that things happen and they weren't as bad as it is, you mm -hmm. know, and then that's why people rather grasp to that idea than the idea like, oh, my God, we may all going down right now, you know. So I don't know. It just I do feel like today I want to say, I guess, you know, since yesterday, yeah, like a, a deep feeling of that sort of connection. Yeah. And I don't like this situation black and white i don't want to be here i don't i wish this is not if i could change it i would change it i wish it's not happening but it is and this is the awakening it is happening so i want to i'm giving it a shot to embrace it yeah more than ever you know so that's right what I want to so, so and thank you for that so you know when we talk about uh looking at the second arrow what's important is that we become all embracing rather than think that we are on this side or the other side of this equation to be all embracing actually means not yes seeing that other people truly uh, suffer this is not made I mean although there may be a more expansive way to to deal with reality it doesn't mean that there, are, that there aren't many contracted way of dealing with reality whether it's by us or other people so 
the expansion or expansiveness has to include contraction. So realization has to include blindness. Otherwise, it's not true realization. Otherwise, it's just another way to create separation. It really doesn't matter whether it's skin color or state of mind or state of being that we hold on to. But the point is we have to understand that you know not being pierced by the second arrow does not mean that we don't have uh, passing moments or feelings of anxiety, right? And thoughts of, oh my God, what's going on? Because we don't know what's going on. In reality, we never we never really know what's going on, obviously. It's just right now, it's in our face. Right now, it's probably more real than it's ever been in our lifetime. Because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know how long that will be. We don't know how dire the consequences will be. Nobody does. Nobody does. And this is actually, it could be dangerous because a lot of people look for something to hold on to. And then there are other people that will use that situation, abuse it, and provide something for other people to hold on to. Maybe false, but still, it's there. So the point is to be all-inclusive, and how can, we, how can we practice while being all-inclusive, while not thinking that we are better because we happen to have a practice, and the practice can ground us? How can we use the practice to understand that when others are in pain, there is pain. When we are in pain, there is pain. There is pain and there is no end. to. There is no pain and there's no end to pain. Both are true. Anyone else? It's Daibo. Daibo, good morning. Um, good morning. Um, you know, I find in situations like this, the, the general, at least for me, the general um, kind of default status is to contract, you know, and, you know, circle the wagon, so to speak, and uh, hunker down. Um, I, I think a great, you know, the follow-up on Yaha's um, uh, comment, mm -hmm. you know, um, a, a, an entry point for me into this situation is acceptance, mm -hmm. right? You accept the situation, uh, and what that does is create space. It opens things up so that you can actually start to experience all the realms of emotion that are flowing through you and the realms of emotion that are flowing through the people around you. Mm -hmm. So um, from an entry point perspective, I think acceptance is an initial gate that we all have to go through. And then once, once you understand that, um, you know, that we don't necessarily want to be here, mm -hmm. you know, we don't like it, um, and it upsets us and it makes us um, angry sometimes and fearful and things like that but to create that space to experience all the different realms of emotion um, is very important I believe um, so th that's what I wanted to add right and and you mentioned acceptance absolutely key right and in that you know I don't like it I don't want it is 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 again another way to that we are answering a question that does not exist Correct. I don't like it. That's a statement that is supposed to answer as if somebody is asking, would you like a different reality? And he said, no, thank you. I, I don't like this. I like something else. Right? And here's what I want. And I'm going to write that down. And here's what I, I want you to create for me. Right? So we, we are caught. In, we can be caught in a loop trying to answer a question that does not exist. 
by trying to, to create an alternate version of reality. Impossible. But it doesn't mean we don't experience that. Of course, we don't want that. That's not the question. The question is, now what? Right? So, right. so, so with that, though, acceptance means also accepting the anxiety, the, the passing anxiety that we may experience throughout the day. All of a sudden, we stop and realize we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. We, and I found that the acceptance um, allows me to help other people right. who are struggling. You know, like I'm in a house of five people right now. And, yeah. You know, it's a miracle that we're not at each other's throats. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because everyone has experienced it the same way, you know. Yeah. Like the college students are very angry. You know, they're angry that their, you know, their college experience is being cut short, you know. Um, people don't like to be cooped up in the house. So having accepted things um, for the way that they are, you know, allows space. What is that? To actually experience those it. emotions that, that I'm feeling that other people are feeling also. Um, and it's just poignant for me because my house is full yeah. of different emotions and different people experiencing the same thing in radically different ways. Right. So to be to be the, the rock, to be the ground in a pliable moving way, in an understanding way, right? In an all inclusive way. Right. So, so it may mean to cry with others and to laugh with others. It, right, it doesn't you mean to strengthen that. Somehow. What? Say Jim, it? you're muted. I'm muted, okay. We're muted? I... Did anybody... Uh, Daikyo, do you have control of that? I can't, I can't seem to get the... Uh... You're still muted. I can't hear you. How do I unmute? Daikyo? He can't hear you either. Oh, here, at the bottom. In the meantime, does it work for me to speak? Here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you can speak. Okay. So, I, w one thing I was going to say when I was muted, um, I said that, I you know. I my Sorry. Okay. I said that uh, to be, uh, to, to accept or to be a rock, right, means to accept everything, to include everything. And it means to, to, to laugh and cry with others. It means to experience the full gamut of emotions. It means to uh, not cut away or cut out anything. Everything is included. So to be a rock is to be pliable, to be moving, to be uh, willing to move with anybody and everybody. Uh, go ahead, Jifu. I've had this incredible opportunity to leave the house. Yeah. Um, I work as a nurse uh, with people who are dying and their loved ones, and those loved ones are dealing with both the loss of their loved one and the reality that we're facing in our daily lives. So I'm screened and they're screened, and then we're in one building together, uh, remaining distant and together at the same time. Yeah. Um, I have to approach my patients and we have this sense of gratitude for one another. And I talk to family members who are extremely distraught. And I have this opportunity um, that I feel grateful for and nearly makes me grateful for the circumstances the world is facing together. This opportunity to uh, be pragmatic, mm -hmm. 
be a rock to feel moved and shed light mm -hmm. and, and come home and uh, try to be pragmatic with an 11 year old son yeah and um, I think making the best of the circumstances has really um, helped to bring me closer to Jifu mm -hmm. and to who I want to be in the world and who I am. Do you want to mention the meaning of your name to everyone? Uh, the meaning of my name is Healing Wind. Okay. We can all write it these days. We can all use it these days. <laughs> and uh, congratulations. Uh, you're getting married today, right? Yes. Yeah, so we all... We're all with you, and we all love you. Okay, thank you. Who's next? So, good morning, everyone. This is Dina. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can We can see you, but we can hear you. Okay, excellent. Uh, first, congratulations to, um, I'm sorry, I'm not really good with names. Jifu, Jifu. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank Jifu. you. Jifu. Um, Sorry? Jifu. Her name is Jifu. Jifu. Yeah. Congratulations, Jifu, and all the very best wishes to you. Okay. Um, so in terms of this pandemic, uh, I feel that I'm going through a bunch of different things. One, uh, I have to go to work. I'm considered essential. Um, I have mixed feelings about that. Part of me wants to stay home and not get sick or not increase my risk. The other part of me is like many people in this world, I have to work so that I can provide for myself and um, have a, an elderly parent who is going through a progressive disease. So, you know, there are a bunch of moving parts that um, I have to deal with along with my younger sister. So there's that, um, you know, there's watching the people around me go through the same kind of um, confusion um, and how we're trying to make the best of it, but the way that I kind of approach it um, to calm myself so that I don't have a complete mental breakdown is to um, kind of think of way to get out is to go in. And so um, on those occasions where I feel like um, I'm angry, I'm confused, um, you know, uh, I'm scared, I'm sad, I'm um, you know, all of these different things because, you know, like everyone else, who knows how this is going to turn out. It just kind of let the feeling go. And I find that within a few minutes, it goes by. And once it goes by, I just replace the thought in my mind with something else that makes me happy. Like I might crack a, a silly joke or something like that. Um, and I find that gives me a little bit of space to not be so apprehensive about something that I have no control over. Um, and so when I see other people doing things that find might make me feel like I'm not doing the right thing or might um, separate us, I, I change my mindset to think that maybe they have, they're experiencing the same thing I am. And, you know, most people are just trying to do the best we can with what we have. So it gives me an opportunity to, to be more compassionate and it releases some pressure for me. So I offer that to the group, and maybe that can help. I, I, I also reach out to, um, you know, people that I know. I call them as opposed to the texting and the um, messaging, just so that we feel connected. Um, and a lot of this is the isolation. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know. You know, this, this idea of what we had was normal 
you know, that's kind of gone. And I think we kind of reach for something to stabilize us. So if we reach for each other, I think that might be helpful. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that, that uh, uh, quote-unquote normalcy, right? Uh, it, is, it is very interesting because it is always an illusion, right? It is always, you know, oh yeah, things are fine now, things are calm, things are stable, right? It is, we're referring to, to of course we're referring to, to some idea of stability and uh, we, we have some notion that tomorrow will be kind of like today, but that's always made up. So now more than ever, we see how it's made up, but things change on a dime. Things change and our life can become as it is right now, upside down in an instant. Because then again, the notion of stability is, no, is never more than just a notion. Anyone else? Who's next? We're gonna, by the way, we're gonna go till about, if that's okay, till about 11. Uh, because it took us a little while to get started today uh, and get through some technical difficulties. So for another 15 minutes or so, uh, if you have to leave, then you could just disconnect and leave. Uh, for everybody else, if you can stay, please stay. Who wants to uh, speak next? I can go. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I just, it's... It's definitely, you know, A, being quarantined and B, uh, being effectively unemployed due to the fact that I work in restaurants and uh, those are technically no longer a thing. <laughs> um, it's given me a lot of time to think about stuff. You know, normalcy as an idea and, and a word came about after World War One, mm-hmm. which, you know, in and of itself was a world altering thing in a lot of ways but it changed the way people understood the world and i think that this is going to have a very similar effect that uh, this is the type of thing that that shapes consciousness is, you know this that kind of how you thought things were uh turn out to not be so and uh you know it's i've one phrase i've heard a lot with this is it, it's the uh someone turned the lights on and all the roaches scattered um and it's been interesting to watch it all happen. As far as me, you know, I guess I, within a 24-hour time frame, I went from possibly having to take a pay cut and working more to compensate for hourly employees to laid off to lockdown all within a week. And I've been thinking on uh, this saying from uh, Vladimir Lenin, where it was, um, there are some decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks where decades happen mm. and I think that this has been one of the strangest weeks in my lifetime uh, but I just basically turned towards building routines towards building that foundation I think when we've talked about panic so far it's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction it's a, it's a habit it's you know it's something that we grab onto and um Ideally, with our practice, while we're not always tested, uh, it's an effort to build a stronger foundation for when we naturally react to a situation. It's it's stronger. We we don't reach for the old habits, the, the destructive patterns that we are actively trying to break free from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is an opportunity to really dig deep 
and when the inevitable anxieties and panic and things like that come up, we'll be equipped uh, to, to dip into the reservoir we're trying to build. Thank That's you. All I got to say on that. Thank you. So, so you know, to, to turn towards what's going on and to appreciate it all, right? So there's so much to appreciate, to appreciate the whole thing. And, and often we, we need to, I think it's very important for us to appreciate what we don't like more so than what we like. Because we don't know that what we don't like is not going to be the catalyst for a complete transformation. We don't know that this will not be, this is not exactly what we need as human beings. How could we, how can we know that? We don't know. Obviously, we don't know that. We already learned. So we don't know. And because we don't know, we can appreciate. We can actually open up to appreciating everything. What we call horrific and what we call incredible or amazing or what we love. Right? So we can expand our capacity for appreciation way beyond what we like. Who's next? Raise your hand or unmute yourself or do something else, whatever works. Hello? Yeah. John. Hey. Good morning. Sorry, I messed up something. Okay, there we go. There you go. Go. Yeah. Notice that I have to change my structure on how to see life and how things are, I believe, just to, in order to adapt and see things through, you know, based on, like what Tyler said. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's rough mm. having the structure that you've adapted and that you have to change it up. But I feel like for me, at least it's necessary in order to deal with stress and... Sorry, I'm having trouble trying to figure out the words to say. You said it's rough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is rough. Right? So so that statement, right? As is, it is rough. It is true. It is rough right now. This is the experience. This is what we are all experiencing, right? Because that's what it is. And so what's the difference between what we would call the non-practitioner in me or the practitioner in me saying rough? Right? So there is the, the practitioner in me and the non-practitioner in me. When the non-practitioner in, in me says rough, then that follows by multitude of errors. Because rough becomes I hate it, becomes I want to crawl under the, the, the covers, becomes I it becomes a lot of other things. Right? When the practitioner in me says rough, it doesn't follow by anything else. It's rough period. Okay, now what? Right? So 
after every statement like that or thought like that or emotion like that, which we have to acknowledge, there is space. There is wide, empty space. And we as practitioners choose to not fill that space with more stuff. Do you see the difference? So, yeah, rough. That it is. Okay. What do we do now? Right? So, so the ability to, to be nimble, right? To move the, after, the second after the statement or the thought, right? Or the, the, the emotion of roughness comes up. And that's what we... So, and it includes both. It doesn't reject the, the anxiety, right? It doesn't reject the sensation or the sense of roughness. But at the same time, there is the openness that is immediately available right after this is rough. This is shocking, right? Both are true. And both need to be uh, embraced. Not to embrace being stuck in anything, but to embrace what's going on. That's, does that work? Yes, it does. Okay. Thank, thank you. Okay, so we still have a few minutes. Um, anyone else wants to share anything? Comment on anything? Take it? No. I'd like to thank everybody this morning because I think this this sit has definitely helped me reduce a little bit of anxiety only for a few moments, just long enough to feel okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this was good. Yeah, you know, so so speak of being nimble, and I want <clears throat> to just say a couple words about that. First of all, I want to thank all the the senior members of our Sangha who are daily taking the responsibility uh, to, to offer seats, virtual seats, uh, five times a day. And uh, that, is, that has been incredible. Uh, to, to have the ability to stay home and then sit with other people, feel the, the strength of a Sangha while being isolated from everybody uh, is tremendous. How, how wonderful that is. And, and to be nimble in terms of, of a Sangha is to do what we're doing right now. To basically say, okay, this is a situation and then ask, how do we respond to that? How do we maintain our practice? And our practice has never been about a dojo. It's never been about a cushion. It's never been about a rakusu. It's never been about where we are, wherever we are, whatever is going on, that's our practice. And, and the question is always, well, how do we practice this? How do we practice within this? We always have to come back to that question because this kind of, these kinds of questions are opening up multiple possibilities for us. And we move from, from stagnation to a dynamic sense of uh, being. It's night and day in terms of responses. Yeah, I, I think I just wanted to mention, like, for yeah. me personally, it's been difficult because 
I've kind of, I mean, uh, besides the fact that like my freshman year now has been cut short in, in the sense of being there publicly in, in a university sense, I also have a lot of different things that I'm not sure if I can like do myself, like having online classes might be a lot more difficult within how I learn and, and all those things. I've also found myself, you know, feeling a lot of emotions and not knowing what they are and what to do with them and then lashing out on people or, uh, you know, not, 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 not knowing how to deal with disappointment. And I think that's something that I have to slowly, I'm learning how to deal with disappointment, but also how to deal with, um, what I thought were things like what were my expectations to what my future would have been mm-hmm. or what I should do this week or next week or whatever and how to deal with the disappointment that expectations won't always be the same. They're not going to be what happens in my future mm-hmm. um, and how to like get not rid of them, but like acknowledge that these expectations aren't reality. Yeah. So expectations, right? What are we left with when all those expectations or everything becomes completely upside down when all, when we cannot plan anything? Nobody these days can plan anything at all, right? We can't plan because our notion of future is completely vague, right? So how, how do we deal with it? How do we meet not being able to plan? What are we left with? And if anything, it forces us right back to this. That's all we know. That's all we can do. That's all we are experiencing and presented by, presented with. Which can be an incredible opportunity to practice. I think what I find, um, I mean, talking about constructing over that on, on uh, so this is thank you, by the way, um, by uh, constructing on top of, of what Prince was saying and what you were just saying about the expectations. I think, you know, the planning, the thing that I found more complicated for me is that on one hand, I don't know what to plan. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I have like some sort of a sense of urgency mm-hmm. of doing something. Right. You know, and those are colliding into some sort of anxiety because of, okay, I need to do something. I don't know what I need to do. But I feel like every time I, you know, um, you know, every moment is like, okay, move, do something. But at the same time, don't move because I don't know what to do. Um, and so um, that, I mean, I've been, I've been, um, when I noticed that I've been like sitting. So I think, you know, sitting more often. Yeah. It's actually, and even if you sit like 10 minutes, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, I need to wear this out. I need to wear this dichotomy I have in my head that I need to do something right now because otherwise, you know, I don't know what happens, you know, because it, I mean, you construct this urgency sensation that uh, is being, is drawing you into, into an uncertain action. So then it, those are the things when you are panicking by them. Mm-hmm. That's the moment that you are doing things that you don't even know why you're doing them mm-hmm. and it's just a sense of urgency that makes you do right and um so i i found that you know like um kind of having that moment of of reflection or of sitting if you will or if you cannot sit just kind of 
breathe mm-hmm. uh, helps a lot on, on kind of bringing it back to, okay, there's not really, you know, understanding, having, having that fundamental understanding of, okay, there's not really something I need to be doing right you know, and, and then the urgency goes away and then you keep going with whatever you're doing. Yeah. And, um, so, so that's what I wanted to share. Thank you, thank you. So to to recap it, to recap what we've been talking about today, what's really important is, I'm going to go back uh, to to one of the lines from the sutra. Uh, the Buddha said, "So the insightful person, the practitioner, is not caught up in birth, old age, death, in grief, crying, misery, despondency, and trouble." And it is very very important to note that this does not mean that a practitioner is immune to any of this. A practitioner experiences everything, right? So we are not denying anything. We are actually being all-inclusive, right? So it's very important to note that. And then moving forward, we are back to a line that we, we chant. There is no suffering and there's no end to suffering. There is no suffering and no end to suffering. How do we practice with that line in mind okay so we are going to uh to finish with the, with the four vows uh but before that uh just to uh bring everybody to the same page we are going the seniors of the of our sangha we're going to meet and discuss uh this meeting or this sunday virtual sunday morning and uh, figure out what uh, how to move forward and what to do next time uh, and uh we will be in touch so Please look for emails. And the other thing I would encourage everyone is to communicate, whether with everybody or with individuals within the Sangha, but let's all maintain as much as possible, maintain communication, reach out, ask people how they're doing, if they need anything, whether it's Sangha members, whether it's neighbors, friends, family, anybody. Be there. We have to remain in each other's lives as much as possible. Okay, thank you. Bodhisattva vows. Bodhisattva vows for all.
Time swiftly passes by and opportunity is lost. Each of us must strive to awaken, awaken. Take heed, do not squander your life.